Welcome to Awesome Movie Year, the podcast where we look back at an awesome year for movies, which is every year. My name is Josh Bell, film critic and writer, and I am joined by my co-host. I'm Jason Harris, comedian, filmmaker, street prophet. <laughs> Guy who is wearing sunglasses during our podcast. Yeah, how would they know? Well, now they know. It's, now they it's, know. It's a little disconcerting. Um <laughs> Is this intimidating you, Josh? My pink shades. I'm and my scared. Pink hat? Yeah, I don't know if I can continue now because you're you're just staring me down there, and I can't see your eyes. Yeah, you don't even know if I'm staring you. That's down. true. You could be closing your eyes. I am for all staring. I know. You yeah. Down. Okay. Uh, well, we'll soldier on somehow. <laughs> uh, in this season of Awesome Movie Year, we're talking about the films of 2007, and in this episode, we have a special new category. For awesome movie year. Yeah. The audience was like, we love this show so much. You got to expand this season at least by one episode. Is that uh, what the audience said? <laughs> this is what I'm going to go with. And they said, you know, it, it can be anything. We don't care. We just want more awesome movie year. And then Dave, our producer, who, as you know, hosts a lo- another podcast called Piecing It Together. Yes. Right. He is all like, I have an idea. Can I talk, fellas? And we're like, just produce, crack the whip. But we, uh, he said he wanted to do a pick, so we gave Dave a pick. Dave, what's your pick? Well, my pick for this awesome movie year was David Wayne's The Ten. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Dave. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> when was the last time you watched this film? Uh, a year or two ago. Mm. I watch this film all the time. Yeah, like a year or two ago, but not. Yeah. You know, any time in preparation no. for the oh, season. I, or... I actually watched a bunch of YouTube clips because you were borrowing my DVD at the yeah. moment. But, See, uh, it's your yeah. fault, Jason. You know, the, borrowing the DVD. I, I, I watched like three or four of the, like three and a half of these uh, vignettes. Yeah, there yeah. are 10 of them. Yeah. There are indeed. So less than 50%, but yeah. you know, <laughs> That's improvement bad. for you. It is though, improvement. You know? yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, you're like the guy who used to just go to the gym and then the parking lot was like, nah, and then turn around. <laughs> now you're like the guy who's like, oh, I did five minutes of cardio. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Crush it. Yeah. Yeah. That's quite an analogy, especially because Dave is like the king of the gym. But he was the member of the month at his gym, guys. <laughs> he was. So, you're you know, embarrassing me, guys. No, that's, that's <laughs> something to be proud of. I bro. feel like we've talked about this on multiple episodes episodes now dave's uh, achievements at the gym well he doesn't really have much else going for him <laughs> so we watched the 10 on dave's recommendation and uh the 10 which uh as he says is uh directed by david wayne co-written by david wayne and ken marino who were of course both members of the comedy troupe the state it was their follow-up to wet hot american summer which is, I think, Jason, is one of your favorite movies. I love Wet Hot American Summer, and that's a movie I could watch over and over again. Yeah, and that was a movie that did not succeed initially and has become a big cult classic over time. Yeah, and that was uh, one of the movies you would point to as the, like, that really shined in the DVD era, right? Right. That Born Born Identity. And it's like, you wonder if... uh, if Wet Hot had just been like a Netflix movie, do you think it would have caught on the way that it would have? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's would have reached a lot of people uh, in maybe in the similar way that it ended up doing, which is at home rather than in theaters. But I think by the time the 10 came out, it was Wet Hot had definitely built a bit of a following and people were anticipating what they would do next. But this movie, we could have used this for our flop episode, really. Um, <laughs> it made $785,528 at the box office on a budget of $5.25 million. So it was a giant failure. Uh, but not for the filmmakers, because uh, Think Film bought it at Sundance for $4.5 million. So yeah, Think Film, bad, bad decision. And I was looking back, <laughs> Think Film did some good things with their with their short you know, yeah, run. they went out of business not long after this movie came out. I feel out. like this is going to be in a few years. We're going to be like, remember Annapurna? You know, like, yeah, oh, for Annapurna. yeah. Sadly, that may be true. I don't think Think Film was quite as big as Annapurna, but uh, yeah. So this movie was not a box office success, and the only award nomination I found for this movie, and I thought this was kind of amusing. It was nominated at the Golden Trailer Awards for Best Voiceover. And I watched the trailer. I don't know, Dave, if you've ever seen that trailer. I love that trailer. I was going to bring it up, but yeah. And like for 90% (laughs) of the trailer, which is voiced over by Paul Rudd, who's Uh the star, um, I'm like, 
what is anything about this? Yeah. And then they get to the end where he's naming all the stars and there's a huge list of famous people who are in this movie. And he kind of, I don't want to imitate it, but he just uh, babbles through the names of the stars. Exactly. And apparently that was enough for a golden trailer nomination. <laughs> And that's the best this movie well, did award. Paul Rudd is always funny. Can we just admit that? No, Paul Rudd is funny. Um, is he always funny? Is Paul Rudd funny in this movie? Uh, he was one of the highlights of the movie. I'd All say. Right. Yeah. So. Um, so Jason, had you seen this before? I hadn't. And I've seen many of the other movies that Wayne and Marino have collaborated on. So in that regard, I was uh, interested to see what Dave saw <laughs> in this film. Right. Uh, I had seen this movie when it opened in theaters. I wrote a review that was not particularly positive. <laughs> Do we have a quote from your review? No, you know what? I was going to maybe quote my review, but honestly, my review was not that interesting. I think I was not engaged in this movie in any way. Can we just say that uh, that uh, awesome movie you just went meta? Josh gave a review of his review. So yeah, that's, that's, very, that's very cool. Thank you. Yes. So no, I did look it up because I think we we quoted one of my reviews in one previous episode yeah. where I read my review and I was like, oh, that was kind of clever. Um, but that was not the case for this one. I think I phoned this one in. Well, Josh, I also have a review of your review. What is that? Not so good. All right. You didn't read it, but I'll I'll take that anyway. I will I will say that uh, we didn't really know each other yet at that point, and yes. maybe we had seen each other at a screening or something. But uh, I that's I remember reading that review and being like, "Who is this guy? Why doesn't he like this movie?" Like, a lot of people say that about Josh. Yeah, very often. Uh, you know, he's got some haters on Twitter out there. That's true. I do. Uh, I do inspire some negative reactions among some people. <laughs> Uh, so, Dave, did you? I assume you saw this in theaters. Yeah, we actually had to drive to uh, L.A. to see it. I mean, we, amazing! You drove from <laughs> Vegas to L.A. just to see this just film, to see this even movie, though it Gina opened here. That's why I reviewed it. Yeah, well, we we drove there, and then I got to see it again when it did open here. But we drove there to see it when it first opened, like a couple who, weeks who's, prior. Who's we? Uh, Gina and and I. Your your my fiance. fiance. Yeah. Congratulations. Yes. So, thank you. Um. Now. Um. Was literally the whole trip, the impetus was like, let's go see yes. this movie we, and we can... We turned it into get... a trip, but that was definitely right. the reason we went. I mean, I... You gotta understand, I mean, the state was just my absolute favorite thing in the world. The Wet Hot American Summer was the follow-up, and then uh, the Stella shorts were just as important to me as the state and Wet Hot American Summer. I mean, these are the funniest things in the world to me. And so David Wayne and the entire crew were making something new. And I wasn't sure if it was coming to Vegas or not. You know, it was still a small indie release. I wasn't sure. I was like, we're going to L.A. I love that. I love that you did that. Um, I didn't love the Stella shorts, but I still look back on the state and, you know, still quote it. And I think it's uh, I mean, man, for a uh, four season MTV sketch show that not many people know right now, I'd say. like, yeah. No, but or, it was hugely influential. Oh, I mean, and all those guys have pretty much. Yeah. succeeded on much bigger levels right then, right you know? it seems like so. people who uh who make things knew it you know yeah. it influenced so many people that make things that went into comedy and all that kind of stuff but maybe just not mainstream audience right it's like that velvet underground bit like you know nobody listened to this band but everybody who listened to them started their own band yeah <laughs> that's yeah. a it's a like a, i, I forget that. who said that but that's some famous quote that i mangled right there that was it's a good you know the old Groucho Marx quote again. <laughs> hey, so uh, real fast. So, uh, and I loved Wet Hot. You love Wet Hot. Just real fast. Uh, Josh, what did you think of the state? Uh, I like the state a lot. I mean, I remember watching it on MTV when it aired and I enjoyed it. I don't think I was like as into it as you were. And Wet Hot, I still am kind of lukewarm on. Sure. Um, but but yeah, I, I loved watching The State. I mean, I feel like it was part of that great MTV era that included like Beavis and Butthead and some of them right. really like- Squirt most... TV. Yeah. <laughs> I watched Squirt TV. J is that Jake Fogelnose's yeah, thing? He's yeah, he's doing well again. He is, he is. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like that was a very creative era uh, yeah. for MTV so, that they were part of. So you were lukewarm. You weren't wet. I was not wet. I realized as I was saying that that that, that was- Did you have a favorite would... sketch from The State, Dave? Um, 
God, I mean, there's so many. The the uh, the the taco mailman was real classic. <laughs> Man, taco I don't even mailman, remember that. Yeah. Where the last line of the sketch is, I don't know, <laughs> but I do know one thing. This has been the longest conversation <laughs> in my life. And then the mailman walk, the mailbox walks away. Yeah, it was all just if you've yeah. never seen the state, it was very. Uh, there were no rules, surrealism, you know, right. type of, uh, Absolutely. wherever they thought they could get a laugh, they would go for it in their own way. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I haven't watched any of that since it originally aired, probably. And I do think, you know, going back to this movie, which is what the podcast oh, is, is about, <laughs> ten, you do see some elements of that in some of these vignettes. Yeah. But they don't work as well. No, they don't. Uh, so this movie was not very well reviewed. I wasn't the only one to give it a negative review. It has a 36% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, but I found some mixed stuff to quote here. We can start with uh, Owen Gleiberman in Entertainment Weekly, who was actually quite positive. Uh, the 10 is in many ways closer to the knockabout Michigas of Wayne's TV comedy troupe work, The State and Stella. Like those shows, it's aggressively hit or miss, but the highs are high indeed as Wayne uses the commandments to create a variety pack satire of adult mores and manners. It's like early Woody Allen crossed with late Boonwell. Most of the 10 is devious and inspired enough to juice you past any weak spots. Thou shalt be amused. Uh, I bet you Gleiberman's the only one who compared uh, this film to two major auteurs in the history of film. That is what you think, but wait till you hear really? the other reviews that <laughs> wow. I have. Um, right. So, but first, something negative uh, from Jeanette Katsoulis, former Vegas resident, uh, great critic in the New York Times. She says, with the 10, David Wayne uses the 10 commandments the way a suicide uses a bridge, <laughs> stringing together a series of stone tablet-based short films from the gross to the surreal to the certifiably nuts. Mr. Wayne, the writer and director of Wet Hot American Summer, repeats his strategy of aiming low and trusting in the higher power of genitalia. A decalogue for special ed students, mm. the 10 leans too often toward the bizarre and the bewildering. And though rough sex is a recurring motif, the movie's overall tone is less blasphemous than raunchy. So she compared it to Christoph Kislowski. Yeah, of course. So, you know, <laughs> the, the decalogue, you know, maybe we can get red, white, and blue in there, you know, the, yeah. the, the whole thing. Uh, I don't, you know, a suicide doesn't really use the bridge. The, the, to, to sort of, I think she's saying it's, a, it's using it to propel right, uh, this, some sort of disaster. The, the person committing the suicide. <laughs> right, a suicide is a way to say, a person committing suicide. I think that's a, a way to use that term. I've never really heard it that way, have you? Uh, I haven't, but yeah, I, let, I, let's, let's allow it. I think that's what she means. Uh, <laughs> all right, I, uh, I, don't, I don't agree. This is... Yeah. No, there, there's nothing Kislowski in this film. So. Or Boonwellian? Uh, no, uh, but I did think there was uh, definitely a throwback to early Woody Allen in yeah. there that you saw later in uh, you know, their romantic comedy spoof uh, acted out in a much more successful way. Yeah. And finally, uh, Nathan Rabin in the AV Club said, David Wayne's thrilling, maddening, hilariously funny, and brutally unfunny new movie, The Ten, a collection of interlinked short films based very, very loosely on the Ten Commandments echoes the general arc of Woody Allen's career, with early funny triumphs eventually giving way to something resembling creative exhaustion. By the time the cast reunites for a self-indulgent ending musical number, Wayne's thin central conceit has worn out its welcome, but the early explosively funny skits and a loose, engagingly adventurous spirit are enough to ensure this uneven but often delightful project the cult fame that accompanies pretty much everything associated with Stella Mainstay Wayne. And he was wrong about that. This movie does not have a cult following. Uh, and he didn't mention Renoir. So what's the point? No, well, he so, mentioned Woody Allen. Though, yeah, so. That seems to be the uh, overall uh, filmmaker that seems to get mentioned the most. Yeah, and I see that only in really a small amount here. I guess maybe the really early Woody Allen, like... Uh, sleeper and stuff like that that was more straight absurdism everything, yeah I guess. everything I mean, you ever wanted know. to know about sex maybe uh, you know the whole uh, the whimsical romantic comedy aspects of the 70s that are based in complainingness yeah but that's just a small aspect of this movie um did you have any other background things that you wanted to mention related uh, to the state or wet hot american summer i think we went over all the things that i wanted to mention in there um I will say this, uh, do you, uh, one fun piece of trivia going back to Wet Hot is yeah. 
you know, the newsman in this, uh, in this, you know what I'm talking about, right? Oh yeah. There's a newsman who comes up in a few sketches. Yeah. Jim yeah. Stencil. Oh yes. Yeah. Do you know who Jim Stencil is in regards to the canon of the state? I don't. I, I was thinking of the other newsman that, that goes on later, but oh, tell Louis me. Would, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jim Stencil was the name that, uh, Janine Garofalo gave David Hyde Pierce as her favorite astrophysicist when she couldn't name an astrophysicist in uh, Wet Hot American Summer. So I like that. Yeah, that there's some little movie. details. There I'm pretty that are sure good. he uh, showed up again in Wonderlust as well. All right. <laughs> I bet you there is a real Jim Stencil. Back in uh, when I was writing with my old writing partner, we had a great professor, Lou Barlow, in college, and we tried to throw the name Lou Barlow nice. in uh, every script. And we've never had a movie made. Isn't Lou Barlow the guy from uh, Sebado and Dinosaur Jr.? Yeah, and I like Dinosaur Jr. as well. This is a different Lou Barlow, but I'm okay. happy to reference both Lou Barlows. All right. <laughs> Dave, did you drive to any other cities to see this movie? Perhaps fly across the country or anything like that? Luckily, I was able to see it the second time here in Vegas. And so, so you saw it twice in the theater? Maybe even three. I don't remember. But oh, wow. Yeah. Hey, Dave, you want to hear a good zinger that Lou Barlow, the professor, once gave me? Sure. He said, uh, once he said to me, you made the wrong decision with your life. You should have been a human being. Boom! <laughs> classic Lou Barlow. That is so. classic Lou Barlow. <laughs> All right. Let's take a break and we'll come back to talk about our general thoughts on the 10. Today's episode is sponsored by the Golden Tiki. Recently named one of the top tiki bars in the United States by the Food Network and also one of the top 10 best nightlife destinations in Las Vegas by USA Today. They've got great rum, mixed drinks, and of course the Dole Whip. They've got theme nights, DJs, all kinds of fun stuff, including Alan Bud's Oasis, who are two robotic parrots that put on a great show every hour on the hour. So next time you're in Las Vegas, make sure to check out the Golden Tiki on Spring Mountain. Welcome back to Awesome Movie Year. In this episode of our season on the films of 2007, we're talking about the pick from our producer, David Rosen, David Wayne's The Ten. Jason, did you like this movie? No, I was disappointed with it. I'd say in the Marino Wayne, uh, you know, collection. Yeah. This is probably my least favorite of the bunch. Uh, Wanderlust isn't great either, but, you know, those would be the two at the bottom of my yeah um i was also not a big fan of this days <laughs> we're just gonna pile on poor dave <laughs> no no we want this, his opinion he on loves my... this film yes um but yeah i mean i think i'm in general i'm very hot and cold or wet hot and cold on wow. uh the, the works of the former state members like i said i'm not crazy about wet hot american summer even having seen it a couple times I think I watched the Netflix, one of the two f- series follow-ups to that and didn't bother watching the other one. And I think that's fair. I, the, the follow-ups are good, but they don't really capture the, the uh, chaotic brilliance of the original film. I'd say. Yeah. Um, I remember not being a particular fan of uh, Role Models or Wanderlust. No, or- Role Models is great. I will watch Role Models any day. And uh, now I'm going to use that as our pick for... 2008 really <laughs> all awesome right movie. It, if i can real quick here <laughs> yes, yes, uh, well i just just to kind of like uh go right in on what you guys are saying there i yeah. think things like role models and wanderlust and uh they came together uh take you know what what was great about the state and what hot american summer and go a little bit broader and more kind of just straightforward comedy with with wayne's sensibility and, yeah. and what he does Whereas the 10 and also the Stella shorts narrows in so, so finely on what makes his personality so strange and weird and surreal. And I think that's why someone like me connects with it so much, you know, someone who just genuinely loves that so much. And, and I, you know, I knew going into this, like, like, you know, making this pick and having you guys watch this movie that you probably weren't going to like it, especially Josh, because I had read his review. Um, but Josh Bell hates everything. <laughs> Josh Bell hates everything. I mean, I don't, I don't hate this movie. And I uh-huh. think what you're talking about there with the idea of it being more surreal and weirder as opposed to the efforts to kind of reach the mainstream mm-hmm. in movies like Role Models, in theory, I'm all for all of that. Sure. I like the weirdness. I just feel like this movie doesn't effectively capture that the majority of the time. I agree with Josh. I think like they um, 
came up with a few good weird premises, but they didn't execute them nearly as well as when we've seen them at their best. Um, and I also don't think they executed them nearly as well in, you know, they came together and role models, which are uh, at their best in a more mainstream fashion. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, so Jason, um, of the 10, obviously, as we kind of yeah, went, went 10 through- 10 shorts on the 10 commandments. Yeah. Which uh, was your favorite? Uh, I'd have to, I kind of like the Gretchen Mull one where she's in Mexico on a sexual discovery of sorts. That was right. a, that one I enjoyed. Um, and she's, she was really good. Gretchen Mull, I'd like to see more from her. Yeah, I think one thing this movie does well is there's a lot of recognizable comedy people in it, but people like Gretchen Mull and Winona Ryder and Liev Schreiber, who are generally more well known for serious work, they get, they take advantage of their serious acting abilities to do something funny. I mean, she plays it all, all three of them play their parts completely straight. And that's what makes it funny. Uh, in theory, at least uh, that was maybe my overall favorite, but two others I want to point out. I Oliver Platt as a horrible <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> impersonator is that guy's just hilarious when he wants to be. And I, I thought he's great at, as that character. Like there's such a lack of effort. It's brilliant, you know, <laughs> and uh, probably the one that uh, would be the most controversial today, which I'm glad we're going to talk about, but I actually think is funny. Uh, it was the one where Ken Marino is in prison and he's already someone else's prison bitch. And, uh, and Rob Corddry wants him to become his prison bitch. And they play it off as, kind of like a, a forbidden romance but, right uh but they constantly constantly mention <laughs> how rob cordry is the one who should be raping him not the uh not big bubba or whatever his name was right yeah. yeah yeah i feel like that's so over the top that i'm not sure if it would really be that controversial i mean it's so weird i can't i can't imagine anyone looking that looking at that and thinking it's like advocating or excusing rape it doesn't matter josh the as just a, the word yeah like using exactly the word it. i tell a joke on stage where the word rape is in uh like a bridge to the punchline and it has to get you there because that's explaining where we're going and uh when i told it a few weeks ago someone yelled like you can't joke about rape and i'm like that's literally the entire point of the joke is that how rape is bad, but you didn't let me get to that point, you know? So right. I think we're just at that point where just saying anything, you know, bah, 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 bah. yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't agree with you there, but we won't really ever know how this would play if it came out today, because of course it didn't. It came well, out back. Then. Did you have a favorite Josh? Um, yeah, I liked, it's interesting reading through my initial review. I mentioned that Gretchen Maul, sequence as well as my favorite and watching it this time I kind of was less into it I feel like one of the problems that all of the sketches in this movie have is that none of them have endings that's true they just kind of stop mm -hmm. and that one too felt like a series of things like it's about her in Mexico but then suddenly it's years later and it's kind of about that and then it just is over and so I did like her performance. And I, like I was saying, I like the idea of these serious actors who come in to these absurd premises and play them straight. And that's the best way to do it rather than going over the top goofy with it, I think. But yeah, that one didn't work as well for me. I think the one that I liked the most this time and maybe the only one that I feel like I've seen references to or that has become slightly a pop culture thing is the, the first sequence featuring Ken Marino's character, the doctor, when he... Uh, kills the patient as a goof. Yeah. And I feel like that as a goof thing I've seen quoted uh, on the internet. And I like that because, again, it just commits to this one joke yeah. that it's as a goof. And he just says it over and over again. Like it's daring you like, you don't think this is funny? We're going to say it 15 more times until you think <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I respect that. And I'm a big Ken Marino fan all the way yeah. back yes. in the days. He was always the most charismatic uh, of the bunch, I think. Um, I, uh, I don't know. There's look, there's certain highlights, Ron Silver. It's nice to, see <laughs> you, rest, I, I noticed you peace. commenting on him when we were watching yeah, it together. Gina loves Ron Silver. Ron Silver He's actually. such a good actor. Big fan. Yeah. Didn't he become like a weird conspiracy theorist in his later years? He became like a Republican activist. Okay. Yeah. It's the same thing. As yeah. as <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so that was good. I, I, you know, the one we mentioned with Gretchen Mull, I think people would be upset about today because she's having an affair with 
Jesus Christ. To yeah, you know, so. yeah. Some people. Although I thought about like, do you remember the Sarah Silverman show episode where she has an, a she has a relationship with God, and it was a very similar kind of thing where they treat it as like this real relationship, and God is. Uh, you know, neglecting her or they have to have a talk about their relationship. And that was, well, that might've been in 2007 also, but I feel like people have done things like that and you can do it with the right tone. I did like, I always like when we get to see Liev Shriver play comedy. So that, that was the, uh, you know, don't cover your neighbor's stuff. Right. He and Joe Latrulio both try to outdo each other by buying cat scan machines and like, it does fall apart. That one. Falls yeah. Apart completely. I, I, yeah. That was another one where I, at the beginning I was like, this is a clever idea, right? The absurd escalation of the competition based on cat scan machines of all things. And then it just goes in this other direction and the kids get exposed to radiation and they're going to die. And it just felt like they didn't know what they were doing. They came up with this idea of like the 10 commandments and they have a lot of good jumping off points and then nowhere to go with them. Yeah, um, I will say, like, if we're looking for the positives, I like how the, <laughs> Are we? How the um, characters, you know, you would see as a bit player and one would come back later as a main character. In the, in the, yeah. Like 80 Miles, you know, who plays uh, Gretchen Mole's first boss, then husband, and the last one, he's the main character who just skips church to be naked with, with a bunch of dudes. And uh, the discovery on the part of Bobby Cannavale, like... I'm like, whoa, how cool is this? Like, yeah. You know, Roberta Fleck. I'm a big fan of Bobby Cannavale. <laughs> yeah, I, I know great. you like him. I'm, yeah. I, I feel like I've heard your impression of Bobby Cannavale on Boardwalk Empire <laughs> many, and you're about to do it. Of course. And uh, and it's pur- purposely horrible. So, you know, yeah. I got a gun. You got a gun. We all got guns. That's yeah. terrible. That is really purposely. <laughs> it's, it's gotten worse too. I feel like it's got a sort of foghorn leghorn yeah, sound little, to uh, it now. Al Pacino scent of a yeah, woman. yeah. And then the next step to make it worse would just be to slow it down. With <laughs> I got a gun, you got a gun, we all got guns. Yeah, that's brilliant. <laughs> but I will say that. Jason's impression aside, Bobby Cannavale is great on Boardwalk Empire as this really scary villain character. So he's another one. It's nice to see him doing comedy. Chip Rossetti. Yes. Yeah, he's good at everything. Yeah, he is. And he's done, he's probably done more comedy than, say, Gretchen Maul and Leah Schreiber have done. But he's also known for a lot of serious performances. Dave, what did you love about this movie? Well, I love a lot of things about this movie. But I mean, just starting with my favorite segments, uh, it would actually be that cat scan machine one, which I just, I love everything. I love how ridiculous it gets, but mostly I just love the two of them, Joe Latruglio and Liev Schreiber, the, just their, their, I, I guess, chemistry. I don't know, but the way they are together is just so perfect. Um, I, I love it so much. It's so ridiculous. Uh, I also, I, you were mentioning the, the goof bit with Camerino. Yeah. That, that has always been just like a, a great thing, you know, uh, you know, quotable for sure. I mean, I can see how that would be the one thing that kind of lived on from the movie, you know, because, uh, you know, like you said, this this one didn't get any kind of a cult following like what Hot American Summer did, only like real hardcore, like, you know, Stella State fans seem to like it, you yeah. know. Uh, but as for what I like about it, I mean, I like I said, I, I love the getting just totally into that just surreal comedy nature of the David Wayne Camerino thing. I, I definitely can see where it isn't formed into a movie as well as something like what had American summer. But I think to me, the jokes are there. I think there's nonstop funny moments through every segment. Another great one is the whole Adam Brody bit, which I think is absolutely hilarious. Everything in that one as well. Um, so that's yeah. where he uh, skydives without a parachute and he becomes, uh, let's say, stuck in the ground for, uh, <laughs> uh, but he becomes famous for it. Right, and, right. He's like know. a boy in the bubble kind of figure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's famous for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, and I kind of like those intersections, you know, uh, between the each of them where Paul Rudd is uh, having romantic problems. He's got a mistress, you know, and a right. wife and he's kind of deciding what to do with his life. And uh, and that um, all takes place on like just a set with uh, like a horrible the stage. Horrible, worst special set. effects. Yeah. 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 
It, you know, I, did, I was gonna say the text, the 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 CGI text on this is just garbage. Oh, it's yeah, so any, bad. Anything yeah. special effects wise in this movie is terrible. I would yeah. say, like honestly, as much as I love Paul Rudd, I love Paul Rudd absolutely doing anything. The 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 wraparound story with Paul Rudd is probably my least favorite thing of the movie. I, I love the sketches more. Well, that that mm-hmm. the yeah. thing that reminded me most about Woody Allen is. When you see Paul Rudd on the street right. catching yeah. up with Famke Jensen after right. the divorce, for right. sure. They but that whole back. trajectory of the Paul Rudd character and having the mistress and breaking up with her and everything, all of that, I think, has got a lot of Woody Allen-esque. But certainly that sequence when they actually leave the soundstage and they're on the street. Yeah. yeah. And of course, re- also related to Woody Allen, who has Paul Rudd married in the interim? Diane Weist. Right. And uh, <laughs> and also related to Woody Allen, he has a much younger mistress, yeah. Jessica Alba. Right. But uh, as we know, Jessica Alba was never Woody Allen's adopted daughter in real life. So it's not that related to Woody Allen. Yeah. Yeah. But thematically, there's a lot of there is a lot of Woody Allen stuff and obviously making fun of Woody Allen and the tropes of it. But he loves Woody Allen. I mean, and, I'm sure. And, yeah. Know, uh, the uh, d- dude, I keep losing the title, the romantic. Comedies. They came together. They came together yeah. is so uh, uh, just influenced by Woody Allen overall. Oh, totally. Know, so I, yeah, yeah. That the Paul Rudd those those interstitial bits I did not care for, and I like Paul Rudd a lot too. And it it, it just it just felt like, hey, we got Paul for two hours. Let's see what we can do with him. <laughs> and he's just kind of breezing through whatever. And he's good at that, but it, it all felt very tossed off. Well, there. yeah, but it's funny because we talked about this earlier in the season. Um, and also in, we and actually we talked about it in season one with Chungking Express, right? Yeah. Where uh, Wong Kar Wai had made another movie and he was like, well, I'm just going to go shoot something that I write it during the day and shoot at night and everything. Right. So that's like, kind of one of those things that could have turned out disastrously as well, but uh, clearly did not. Yeah, I mean, and there's, I think there's probably plenty of examples of things like that where the people who were making them at the time were tossing them off or doing that in between some other thing or having little resources and not anticipating this turning into anything and then it becomes a great work of art. It just, that didn't happen this time. You know, Dave says that one of the reasons he liked it is because he feels like because he liked all the other stuff, this fits in with that. Yeah. And to me, this is such a letdown from all the other stuff, you know, right. as a fan of what they've done in the past. And, you know. Well, so. you said you're not a big fan of Stella either, right? Stella's not my favorite of the See, bunch. Stella is, even above Wet Hot American Summer, is my favorite, favorite, above the state even, is my favorite things that they've done. Above this movie? Uh, yeah, above this movie as well. I, yeah. I love the Stella shorts so much. Yeah, I, I don't really have strong memories of those but those all online i yeah i think you can find them i have the the dvd they used to sell at their shows um which i was probably skips all over the place at did this you point. did you go see them perform live no i did around this time i got to go see them uh uh in concert but um yeah no not back in like the heyday when they were doing this in the first place where did you drive to to see them california yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, i don't believe they've ever performed live in Uh, las vegas no i mean of the state members i have seen in las vegas michael showalter and michael ian black perform stand-up comedy yeah and uh, michael ian black is hilarious as a stand-up comedian michael showalter is not a comedian at all and it showed it seemed like he was just trying it just for the hell of it it did but which is uh incredibly frustrating yeah. when you're a working comedian and <laughs> right. you see a guy who just gets up there and is like eh, i guess i'll open a national tour for yeah. uh, my friend who's been working for 20 years to perfect his craft but i mean you know what's interesting is like you got you got michael showalter out there now as a director doing really well really you got well david wayne out there you know thomas lennon and david ben grant or like, robert ben grant yeah him too yeah. robert ben grant like <laughs> billions of dollars right and, box office and ken marino now is directing more so it's interesting to see how they're all uh just kind of evolving at this point. all thanks to the 10 yeah no, <laughs> definitely but you know like we were saying earlier about the state that was really the influence of that has permeated so many different places and they are all i think except for michael patrick jan they are all in this movie <laughs> well right it's funny you mentioned that josh they are all in this movie and in the last scene, they do put there is a picture of Michael. Oh, Patrick is there? To okay. Have yeah. him uh, have his appearance. He was supposed to do it, but there was like a scheduling conflict. Okay. But he seems to be the one that's the most um, 
removed from the state days. At this yeah, point he directs time. a lot of TV, but he's never really on camera anymore. I think I saw him on that. Uh, what was that show that uh, Thomas Lennon was it at midnight? Did he produce that? Then Chris Hardwick. And oh, I don't like know. The three comedians. And yeah, yeah. Maybe. I don't know if Thomas Lennon was involved, but I think he was yeah. like the writer producer. And then they did like a whole state episode where all of them were on one night. Oh, yeah, okay. that's right. Yeah. So that wasn't a good show, by the way. It was just all puns <laughs> from comedians. Yeah. Um, but speaking of, I don't know, was that you, you're saying the last scene, is that the like big musical number mm-hmm. scene that you're talking about where his picture is in it? Or is it in one of the last sketches? I Dave, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's uh, the the singing part. Yeah, that was awful. That <laughs> song was it's 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 and talk about tossed off and lazy. It's literally just a summary of the movie, not even including jokes. And then there's like two more songs in the credits that do the exact same thing. There's like three songs in a row that summarize the movie as if they were like, we got to get this to uh, 95 minutes contractually. Let's throw this in. You're not wrong, but I love it. Anyway. It's funny that you say that because I don't even remember it, and I watched it a week ago. Yeah, you, it so. was so well. I mean, I I watched all the way through the credits. Like, there's the the final musical number where they're on camera and all the actors are kind of singing about their characters, and then it goes black and it it shows the credits. And I kept watching just because I wondered, like, how long are they going to keep singing about the plot of this movie? Uh-huh. So I maybe if you turned it off before the credits ended, yes, you yes, y'all, this. it's Gretchen Mall. Yeah. Thank you. Is this a, was this an inspiration for your comedy rap career, Dave? Probably yeah. as Jewish Dave. Yes, yeah. give him his real shot. Yeah, actually, yes. we did do a uh, a uh, like a live, I guess, cover performance of uh, one of their early state sketches uh, at UNLV. So yeah, which sketch was it? Uh, it was it was actually from the unreleased at the time uh, state album, which finally came out like around this time. Actually, it was a, uh, a Holmes and Watson thing. Did you ever hear that? No, but in high school, uh, my theater, my musical theater teacher, Mrs. Carlson, who has acted for me since, was going to let me direct in like a variety show, uh, a, a piece of starring all of like high schoolers of Porcupine Racetrack, nice. the big number from the state, of, <laughs> which I never got around to doing, but should have. So, you know. Wow. I am newly impressed and horrified with the <laughs> level of dedication that both of you have to the state well i mean in high school if you're gonna if everything's west side story and yeah. it's a penzance someone's right. like you want to direct porcupine racetrack you're yeah. gonna be like hell yeah no, i would have i'm sure i'm sure i would have loved seeing that when we were in high school more than i enjoyed seeing you as officer krupke in west side story <laughs> that was in the variety show i was uh yeah, that's right. And then in West Side Story, I played Doc the Shopkeeper. Oh, was it? Okay. I, yeah. I couldn't remember. I, no, I did sing. I did, did sing, sing that. Song. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I remember going to see you in that. And the audience is riveted with this. <laughs> yes. So uh, should we give this movie a rating out of, uh, out of five commandments? Sure. I'll give it whatever you give it. <laughs> Man, you just lost your dedication. To it's, this I at mean, all. It's, it's, it's two, you know? Yeah. And I would say maybe there are some that we've given two and a half that this is equal to but because this is the group involved with it yeah i expect uh more from it so i'm right. giving it two commandments out of five yeah i also i gave it two and a half stars out of five when i wrote my initial review and i liked it even less this time i would also <laughs> give it two out of five i don't think i laughed a single time during this movie but that's okay this is dave's pick we uh, yeah dave is know. laughing right now i'm so. having a blast guys yeah so. it's okay we can disagree <laughs> you know that is true so it's no cabin boy <laughs> i mean i guess i will agree with that <laughs> cabin boy at least went for it on like yeah cabin boy did movie. yeah i think that is actually one of the things about this movie too is that you they're, want to go they're known that. for going so out there and this movie feels like they they went too far and yet also not far enough it's not mainstream but they didn't take it out there enough for it to like justify not being I, I agree i think they should have gone all the way with it yes know. well we'll come back and talk a little more about the legacy of the 10 dave sing us out <laughs> welcome back to awesome movie year in this episode of our season on the films of 2007 we're talking about the pick from our producer david rosen the state-adjacent film, The Ten, which does not have a cult following. No, the station. <laughs> I don't know what you're trying oh to God. say there. State-adjacent. Um, so we talked a lot about 
sort of the general legacy of the state. David Wayne, who's gone on to direct a lot of well-regarded comedies, role models. Wander, well, I don't know if Wanderlust is well regarded. No, that was a that was a disappointment. Actually. Yeah, but they came together, has a lot of uh, followers, and then the most recent movie he made, which I haven't seen, was a futile and stupid gesture, the Netflix biopic about National Lampoon. Did you see that? I Jason? started watching it. I honestly never got through it, and I've uh, I do like the documentary about National Lampoon. What is it? Drunk, stoned, and dead, and something like that. Yeah, but yeah, that one was. Uh, <laughs> hey, I put yeah. down my Netflix band to watch it. So, but it's just did all you right. did you you didn't like it? It is it, good, but I mean, I I didn't love it or anything. Yeah, uh, but he's a successful working director, as we as are many of the people from the state. The thing that I was most uh, sort of amused and surprised by in this movie that I noticed is that I was a big fan of Children's Hospital which is probably the only state-related thing that I've really been into since then that was created by Rob Corddry and kind of developed and produced by David Wayne. And two of the characters in The Ten are actually in Children's Hospital. Right, that's right. Uh, Glenn Ritchie, the doctor who kills someone as a goof, played by Ken Marino. And the newsman, who I was confusing with the guy you were talking about earlier, but Louis LaFonda, played by Mather Zickel, was also on Children's Hospital and then got his own spinoff called Newsreaders. Yeah, Mather Zickel. That's quite a name. It huh? is quite a name. He's a good, he's a funny actor. He he's is, in a lot of comedy it's stuff. It's a good thing because with that name, it sounds like <laughs> he'd be like a master criminal mind, you know, murderer otherwise. He could be, but instead he's a comedy actor. So, uh, yeah, I don't know why because Children's Hospital has all sorts of weird random tangents and the truth is there are lots of children's hospital episodes that are not good and that also just kind of randomly go nowhere but i still i watched all however many seven seasons or whatever of that show and and still enjoyed it so were you a fan of that dave oh yeah i've, I've only watched like the first three or four seasons though i i've never got a chance to like get back to it and finish it up but uh i do think it's like very similar in you know the style of comedy yeah, it certainly is. And for whatever reason, I just felt like that worked. I mean, maybe because there are the ongoing characters and even though it's completely absurd, there's some amount of character development or maybe that's a <laughs> yeah. too strong a term, but continuity and it, it progresses and you can get more and more into those characters and their weirdness as the show goes on. So did you ever watch that show, Jason? I've watched some of it. I'd like to watch more of it. So. Yeah. Dave, do you have a favorite project from any of the state members since they've left that that they haven't all done together um that's a good question i mean i loved michael and michael have issues um i also loved wayney days the uh his uh web series is there any state project that you did not like so that's interesting um here's the thing i've only seen it once and i really have been wanting to go back and watch it again but the thing with they came together is uh, that was a, a script that they were trying to make for, I think, over 10 years, maybe even 15 years. And it just kept getting put on the back burner because of other projects. And I feel like there's so many jokes in it that popped up and other things along the way that I saw every last little bit of output from David Wayne and these people along the way that when they came together finally happens, every joke was felt recycled it felt like things i had already seen them do and so it really just didn't work that well for me i love the premise i i, I love everybody involved in it but i was like this all just feels kind of just reheated just same old same old stuff so that's kind of the weakest thing for me and yeah I, I like that one a lot i'm yeah i wasn't a big fan of that one either and i was hoping because it had gotten really good reviews and it sounded like something i would enjoy and that was another movie that i think i watched and barely laughed at all what uh so we know michael showalters he's really taking off right now yeah, yeah directing so. kind of mainstream yeah. movies um and i guess you know the last uh thing he really did with the state beyond you know the Wet Hot series where the Baxter had a lot of state people. I love the Baxter. I like the Baxter. And that was a movie that was not well-reviewed at all. I remember enjoying that one more than they came together, which is, it's also kind of a romantic comedy parody. I thought it worked better. Yeah. I didn't see the Sally Field movie. My name, hello, my name is. Oh Boris, yeah. That's decent too. Yeah. 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 Uh, the big sick is great. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. So um, I'll, I want to give one that I really like that is, I would say uh, 
if you want to take something productive out of this episode. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, there's a lot of other things that we're, you know, that people can watch that we're recommending, but what is it that you yeah, want to recommend? I liked a lot. Diggers, Ken Marino's oh, movie. God, yes. I, I had Diggers. that down here as well to mention. Yeah. yeah. Which also came out in 2007 and yeah. is so different from this movie. And it's a shame that Ken Marino hasn't done anything kind of, dramatic or dramedy ish like that since then because yeah that movie is really good and really underrated yeah where he's you know kind of a uh and isn't paul rudd in that yeah paul rudd is in it too yeah and and paul rudd i think more so than other state people has shown he can do dramatic things he's he's got more range or he's demonstrated more range yeah and that's what if you haven't seen that he plays like a a fisherman on a in a long island community where um corporate fishing is taking over and all these kind of independent fishermen are going out of business and trying to survive and it's those two and ron eldard and lauren ambrose and just a really good independent story where like we mentioned bobby Cannavale. if you'd never seen the station agent you would go back yeah and watch something like that sure yeah no i totally agree and i would recommend that far and above the 10 (laughs) really (laughs) make it a double feature should have done an episode on figures um (laughs) yeah i i totally i totally agree um the other legacy thing i was going to mention that there's some very very small roles in this movie with comedy people who went on to become big deals of course uh jason sudeikis who was on snl at the time but is such a huge star now and he's got a pretty small part in this Rashida Jones, who shows up for like two seconds as a waitress. Um, and John Hamm, who I didn't even notice until I was reading through the credits. And he plays the the um, parachute instructor at the right. very beginning who sends Adam Brody out of the plane. Yeah, I didn't notice that until like a year or two ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so all of them, of course, going on to be way, way bigger stars. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's fun for these guys. I mean, they weren't famous at that point in time, but right. it's fun for them to go back now because i think john ham has shown a real flair for comedy and you know was he in uh, one of the wet hot series i don't even remember yeah he was everybody like a secret agent or something like that he's just he's just very good at comedy yeah yeah he is all of those people are um rashida jones very funny yeah she's great in it and has again a lot of range and is a great writer can do a lot of dramatic stuff jesse, as well and jesse and celeste uh, oh yeah that's, that was a good that's, movie I, yeah i wasn't crazy that was all right basically we uh josh and i are so down on this movie we're trying to recommend as many other movies <laughs> right yes yeah you could go see all these other things don't see the 10 unless you're a completist you know right right i feel like that's the only people who are really seeing this movie at this point because like we said it almost alone among post-state projects, this does not have a cult following. I'll I'll tell you who has seen this movie. David Rosen. Anyone who came to our house from like 2007 to 2012-ish, like nonstop, every time someone came to our house, they had to watch this movie. How did it go over with people? Most people were very confused. But <laughs> <laughs> and have not come back since. So. We, we, we don't hang out with anybody anymore. Yeah. So. We're loners now. So. <laughs> does, does Gina, does your fiance like this movie? Oh, she loves it. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Well, then that's She's a good match. She's been texting me from upstairs the whole time we've been recording this. So, yeah. so what, uh, what are you excited about coming up from any of these state players? I wish I knew. It doesn't seem like anybody's doing much right Showalter now. Is, yeah, right? Showalter has got, another big, yeah. I forget what it is, but he's really moving up the chain yeah. in terms of those those bigger and bigger projects. I wish Ken Marino would get another like big project. I mean, he does a lot of like just like kind of just the mainstreamiest mainstream TV shows like the, what are they like? WB or something like was, what? Yeah, the WB hasn't existed in like oh. 15 years. So see, I don't even yeah, know. It's UPN. UPN is that the name of the channel? <laughs> no, no, the CW. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's he always good. shows up in fun little roles. He was just yeah. on the most recent, the new season of Veronica Mars, yeah. playing a character that he's played on that show for years, and he's it's always entertaining. I feel like any of these people from the state when they show up in some little nothing part, even in something that you're not particularly enjoying watching. It's like, oh, look, it's that guy. Right. It's it's Carrie Kenny. It's Michael Ian Black, whoever. And they always add a little bright spot to something, whether it's a good project overall or not. So Michael Showalter has recently, I mean, he's done a, a ton of uh, TV stuff, including Search Party, which he helped co-create. Oh, that's true. Yeah, Search Party is great. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, he did the Ray Romano special uh, on Netflix, which is kind of cool because they're just drop-in sets. Um, so that was a different one. And then he's attached to 
the eyes of Tammy Faye and the Lovebirds. Do you know? What oh yeah. Of those? I mean, yeah. the eyes of Tammy Faye was a documentary about Tammy Faye Baker. I'm guessing this is a narrative version of right. that. Right. So and Who's then in that? it's got a great cast too, if if I remember correctly. Uh, but I wish uh, David Wayne would announce something new already. It's yeah, I mean, he he again is also. I think he does a lot of directs a lot of TV stuff, and I mean, he worked on Children's Hospital pretty much. The oh, entire yeah. time he was very involved in that show, yeah. maybe even more so than Rob Corddry as it went on. Um, so that was a pretty big project. So the him. Lovebirds is going to be another one with Camille um, about oh, a couple. Come on, Johnny. Yeah, yeah. Who gets into a fight and then they get somehow involved in a murder mystery and they have to solve the mystery and, uh, you know, and survive the night. So it's basically a ripoff of the Adam, Adam Sandler. Sandler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully it'll be better than that Adam Sandler movie. Um, yeah, so I mean, as down as I am on this movie, I, I still I'm always interested in seeing whatever any of these people do next. And it's hit and miss. But I feel like every project has the opportunity, the potential to be great. Yeah, I know. And I agree with you. I mean, we didn't mention Kevin Allison's podcast, which was pretty groundbreaking. Oh, yeah. Um, as far as like, was it called Awesome Movie Year? Is <laughs> <laughs> it taboo or whatever it is? Uh, you know what it is? I forget it's basically, the name of it. it was like a real freeing thing for him where yeah. he came to, came, you know, uh, I mean, he's gay, but like, um, I think this was like maybe the first open discussion of uh, his lifestyle yeah. and taboo subjects. And now all these people go on and tell their stories, if I'm not mistaken. I could be making this all up. No, it sounds no, interesting. You know, and then maybe right. a little more, yeah. a little more grounded or serious than what a lot yeah, of Yeah. Carrie Kinney's always nice to see when yeah. she's, uh, she's playing. great characters so you know we uh we are fans of the state we are not fans of the 10 that's the summary if you've uh missed the (laughs) The wrap up there so that's the 10 and that's this episode of awesome movie year you can follow us on social media awesome movie year at all the things awesome movie pod on twitter awesome movie year.com that's a thing yes where are you jason i'm jason harris comedy on all the things jay harris comedy on twitter go for jason you can find me at joshbellhateseverything.com, at joshbellhateseverything on Facebook and on Twitter at Signalbleed. And our great producer, David Rosen, who we've spent this whole podcast insulting, <laughs> has his podcast, Piecing It Together, where he gets to insult others. I'm just happy to be here, guys. Uh, you can find Piecing It Together uh, wherever you listen to this podcast and on social media at PiecingPod. What's up next time, Jason? Well, Josh, to cleanse our palate from <laughs> Dave's fake cult classic oh. we are going with a real cult classic hot fuzz uh man that's a that's a that's one that lives on uh, people love it all the time and uh that's what we're gonna do next week hot fuzz cult yeah classic i look forward to that i haven't seen it in a while i think it'll be fun to revisit that so tune in for hot fuzz next time and thanks for listening to awesome movie Year. thank you for listening to awesome movie Year. Make sure to follow Awesome Movie Year on Facebook, at Awesome Movie Pod on Twitter, and at Awesome Movie Year on Instagram. And if you like the show, review us and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts. And all points west. 